Welcome to The Buzzcast, the official podcast of the Stinger Bee League, an unofficial but officially fun Killer Queen Black League. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode. This is our, well, I'll let Blake explain it all, but uh, hi, I'm Kyle. And I'm Blake. Hello, everyone. (laughs) All right. And we're not alone today, and Blake will tell you more about that, but let's get into it. What are we doing this episode, Blake? We are joined by Adam for our season four preview episode. Adam is going to explain last season's teams, this season's teams. And he's going to join us in the fun of predicting season's outcomes. Last season's teams, uh, I, I kind of feel like he uh, he has a lot to explain. What do you think? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You have a lot to answer for, Adam. Uh, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you very much. And I'll have you know, I got at least two of the teams nailed down. Okay, so Adam, now we don't normally bring people onto the Buzzcast just to put them onto the hot seat. But this time we're we're going to do exactly that, but only because we only because we're confident that you're up for the task. How's that sound? Uh, yeah, I saw this script and noticed you're putting me on mega blast, but I'm up for it. <laughs> all, all right. So here, so here's the deal, Adam. You joined us, as you recall, you joined us uh, on episode three last season, and you explained to us the way that we made the season three teams. Uh, and you certainly felt that we'd done a pretty good job of achieving parity. Now, granted, that was only like three or four games into the season at the, to- uh, at the time. And, you know, at the time, uh, Shaco and the Jones fell was uh, undefeated and Flail Snails, you know, had not won a game yet. Uh, and then the other two teams were oh, pretty, pretty close, I think. Uh, but you, you were still pretty confident that, you know, we'd gotten parity and that it was going to be pretty evenly matched. So, as we know, the rest is history, and we know that Shaco and the Jones fell went on to go undefeated for both the regular season and the playoffs in order <laughs> to take the championship. And the the granted them very much loved Flail Snails. Uh, anyone that's been listening to us knows how much we cheered for those Flail Snails. But they went winless until the very last week of the season. But I, Blake, correct me if I'm wrong. They did get one win in the playoffs, didn't they? Ah. Uh. Yeah, they certainly did. <laughs> so now, Blake, correct me if I'm wrong here, but I I would think that in any sport, whenever you have teams going undefeated or winless, there's at least the appearance of a lack of parity. What do you think? Sure. I, I That's a very polite way to put it. I think that that is by definition a lack of parity. Right, right. And since we took this algorithmic approach, that uh, parity was really the, the goal of uh, of that team creation process. So Adam, this is over to you. What what happened? Can you can you explain was it an issue with the algorithm? Was there something else going on and, you know, are is there are there any numbers that we have available to us to tell the story of why things worked out the way they did? We love you, Adam. We right. do. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so first thing, uh, I want to talk about the flail snails. Uh, it's true that they lost eight of nine matches in the regular season, um, but I think it's overstated to say that they really, you know, that that doesn't that sells them really short because they got a forty percent game win ratio. They went two to one in almost every match they played. Um, they did this while having the most people try out queen of any team. Uh, they were the undisputed kings of Helix Temple and Nesting Flats in terms of single map results, and they performed very well in the tournament. I thought, uh, but Shaco's way too strong though. I'll take full uh, full hit for that. 
Uh, and what I think was the main factor, uh, there, there's some identifiable placement errors, I think, that made Shaq a little too strong. Okay. Uh, one in particular um, was that Courtney, uh, who I'm afraid was seasoned fairly low in the Season 3 virtual draft, uh, turned out to kick ass all season long um, and gave Shaka just a real swing in terms of, in terms of overall military capability, I would say. She well, just got better and better as well, I, I would argue. And, I mean, that's, you know, to your credit, Adam, that's impossible to predict. You have, you have a snapshot of numbers at one point in time. And then, yeah, you know... We're look, so, we're looking at you, Dylan, for this season. <laughs> and, you know, I, I, I agree. You know, Courtney really did get better and better. And as we all know, she got her infamous nickname of the People's Court in the uh, QP Miniboss's Twitch stream, uh, and for very just and deserved reasons, because she really rocked it in those finals. Uh, but going into Season 3, when we were doing the team creation, like, let's be fair, you know, I mean, in Season in season 1, she only played intermittently, but she was a full-time player in Season 2. And so we had, you know, we had a full season of stats on which to base her placement. So I, I, what I'd put back to you, Adam, is, is this really, was it really a situation of, uh, of an error in, in placement, or is it just that intangible possibility that, you know, people, people's play can surprise and they, they can grow beyond a previous uh, season stats? I mean, you know, it's forever true that stats never tell the whole story. Uh, so I don't know how we would have compensated for Courtney suddenly being one of the best players in the league. Uh, without being able to predict it. Uh, another aspect of this is that in the last season draft, uh, the queens were uh, sorted by rating two. Um, and despite your great performance in season two, uh, the numbers put you at number three, just because you know they don't capture, apparently, certain, uh, certain key elements. Um, so Kyle as the third seeded queen rather than the first, uh, I think was an error. Uh, and we have corrected that this time around in different ways that uh, I'll explain later. I really, really, hmm? really, maybe I don't know. Oh, okay, we'll find uh, out. okay. <laughs> I, I, guess, I guess really, it, it surprises me that uh, that my play would have warranted the first, uh, the first seed. Uh, well, we'll we'll talk a little more about how teams were made this round. Okay, uh, but your performance uh, did in fact leave you with the top seed. Oh, oh weren't you, you weren't you the queen on the team that went undefeated? Sure, but I attribute that far more to the play of my incredible teammates. Uh, yeah, we don't we don't roll that into the stats anyway. <laughs> okay, okay, Adam, what you know you talked about flail snails. What about at the other side? I mean, yes, okay. So you feel Shaka was uh, was overpowered, but were they really were they really that overpowered? Did they dominate that much, or was it closer than that than the final outcomes uh, suggest? Uh, Shaka dominated. There's no there's no questioning. Um, and I think another thing that contributed to this is uh, Shaka finding their groove, you know, first first game of the season right away. The Kyle Steffen and Courtney Victoria pairings from the previous season just kind of kept moving in their grooves uh, and got better and better the whole time. Uh, and in contrast, I think the Flail Snails uh, also tried to play to their strengths and went very hard mill. They're a very military-heavy team. Yep. Um, and I think something that happened over the course of Season 3 is that we all got better. Um, and it's really hard to win a military-only victory these days. You know, whenever whenever there's a military victory, it's usually you know a snail bait or you know other other goals are really being pressed hard. I don't think yep. you can really get away with the full full military press as much as you could before. 
That's uh, a really so that good was observation. that was Flail Snail's opening strategy, and then once late in the season they switched to a more shock-ass snailitary primary strategy, um, and saw much more success with that. Okay, good observation, Blake. Any any other questions from you on uh, on last season? Well, maybe less a question than an observation. I think that another intangible aspect that is nearly impossible to predict or to quantify uh, is is uh, team chemistry. So you have you know you have a player uh, who maybe let's say is at number eight, but somehow they they work out they find a partnership. I would say that was part of what was so great about Courtney's play is she just found a real niche role as essentially snail bodyguard and was just farming a snail bodyguard. And so her performance might you know there might be an element of you know would it have been the same if she hadn't been on team with uh, someone who was so dominant as snail. Not to undersell Courtney's performance, just as an example of, of this sort of intangible, uh, you know, interplayer chemistry element that is probably very difficult to predict when you're putting players together uh, in ways that haven't haven't previously happened. I'm sure if you had enough data and had every player play with every player, uh, you you might be able to formulate something. But that's a good observation, actually, Blake. You know, uh, as Queen, I had my role. Uh, we early on established Stefan's role as well, and Victoria's role was very clearly defined. So at the very least, Courtney knew the roles that, that she wasn't in, and that really narrowed down what she would have to do, and, and she figured it out quickly and, and did it well. Okay, that's a good point. Adam, anything else to add about Season 3? Uh, I mean, one more thing that makes it hard to balance is, you know, we had the you know, no rule about it, but a de facto single queen uh, system for each team. And, right. and, you know, who is playing queen can have a huge swing on, on the team's performance, obviously. Uh, so maybe if, we're, if we hadn't introduced this new rule, I might have used a heavier hand to balance for queens than just the draft order, which is the only compensation um, for queen ability that existed before. Uh, but since we're doing things a little different now, uh, I haven't done that. Uh, although by total coincidence, Kyle is playing with a fresh new slate of players uh, that he has never been on a team with before. Um, <laughs> that is was, true. Which was not on purpose, but which I'm happy to see. Actually, that's not entirely true. I did play with Victor in season one. Oh, that's true. Yes, yes. That. Mm-hmm. The forgotten descends of time. That's right. Anyways, but you know what? That was a long time ago, and uh, we're both we've both learned a lot since then. Uh, you know, especially attributed to you know, as you can see in Victor's MVB performance last season. Okay, Blake. So, time for judgment. Has Adam acquitted himself, or is he? You know, has he lost his job as the team maker for the for the sake of being a king maker? We'll say or queen maker. Oh, he's absolutely acquitted himself. I, uh, I'm of the philosophy that when someone goofs or does something wrong, what you really want to see is that they're from it. And it's clear that Adam continues to to learn and, and evolve uh, his strategies. for. And we're just giving you a hard time, of course. Adam. Of course. I think well, you already made the teams and name them and everything. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I, I agree completely, Blake. And what I'll add to that is that even if I didn't agree, I would still say that I did because I couldn't possibly risk cutting Adam loose from this because we can't afford to lose his incredible technical wizardry that has done so much for making Stinger B League such a, a fun and interesting place to play. Uh, you know, and, and emphasis on interesting because the things that he's done with the stats at the website, you know, like it, it does make the Stinger B League interesting. Yeah. And my only price is total control over the team. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So 
now that we've gone over season three, let's shift gears and look at season four this season. Uh, but before we start talking about season four and how we made teams this time around, let's introduce them. So, Blake, who are this this season's teams and who is on them? Well, I'm glad you asked, Kyle, because I am really excited to introduce this uh, slate of cool teams. In alphabetical order, the teams are as follows. The first team is called All the Single Lasers, and it is comprised of Anthony, Courtney, Tim, and Victoria. We're going to save all comment on these for later. The second team is These Nuts, and that team is Dylan, Gary, Kyle Murray, and Victor. The third team is Barry Hold Dunkers, Adam, Ben, Kyle McStravick, and Mike are the players on that team, the Dunkers. And finally, Snailed It, that is myself, Blake, Crystal, Jeff, uh, that's right, he's back from retirement, and Stefan. All right. Uh, you know, I got to give some real props to whoever thought of that, all the single lasers team name. That was fantastic. <laughs> You know, uh, I, I was a big fan of Bees Nuts, and I was sorry to see it go before I got a chance to snag it. I also really like Snailed It. That's uh, there. There's some cle- there's some clever names once again in the Stinger Bee League. It was interesting seeing all the uh, all the suggestions laid yeah. out too. That was fun to uh, fun to go over. Yeah, thank you to Anthony for coming up with fun ways to change the time around. Absolutely, the uh, the curator as uh, as his new official title is. Yes. So, all right. So those are the teams, all the single lasers, bees, nuts, berry hole, dunkers, and snailed it. So with that in mind, let's take this back to you, Adam. And uh, in light of what happened last season, and in light of the way that season three played out, did you end up making any adjustments to the, uh, to the algorithm this time around? Uh, yes, absolutely. Uh, so I'm going to tell you all about that. First, I'm going to go over really quick the basic algorithm, which is we take our basket of stats. Uh, divided roughly into military, berry, and snail uh, competencies. Mm-hmm. Uh, we give, we get everyone's stats on those. We give the top player in each stat a rating of one in that stat, and then everyone else is a rating between zero and one based on how they did compared to number one. Um, then we weight those, add them all together. We get a single rating from zero to one, um, and then we do a simulated snake draft where everyone just picks, you know, the next next in line uh, for their team. Uh, and then I sent it for review for the de facto team committee, which is you two. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and we see how it goes. Uh, so some things have changed this year. Mm-hmm. Um, one is we got the queen rotation rule, right? It's not just one queen anymore. You got to have a second queen for your second game or your first game if you feel like you can roll it how you like. Can you explain that rule for our listeners, Adam? I will explain that rule, yeah. So previous seasons, there are no rules about who can be queen, uh, which meant that the one player that was best of it was always queen. Uh, this season, we have a new rule where you cannot play queen twice in a row in a single match. Uh, so if you're queen for the first set, then you can't be queen for the second. Um, and this is to encourage more people to, A, get some practice playing queen, uh, mix things up a little bit, uh, make add a little more variance to the uh, team balance, uh, which will help you know fudge any mistakes I make this season. Uh, and, you know, just generally mix things up a bit. Uh, one wrinkle that puts into team generation is that you know the team generation algorithm for last season was very much based on like we have these four queens and here are their teams um for this season i have taken all players uh and drafted them as workers and how Mm. i've incorporated their queen stats into it is queen is now another uh component of your overall rating 
So if you've never played queen, you get a default value, and if you've played queen, uh, you get you know a little bump in your overall draft order. Um, and then I drafted everyone as workers, um, and we had a few requests to get people on the same team, and this was a very good opportunity to shuffle uh, the teams around so that we still had Ben, Tim, Kyle, and Blake uh, available on each team so that we didn't skew the balance too badly. Okay. Um, oh, carry on. Okay, so how well sorry was it was there was there more uh well i was about to talk to some risks that uh exist uh, okay do that get get do ahead that. of the grilling that i expect to receive <laughs> in in a couple months time for season five we are going to do a we are going to come back and review these results uh later on the season that's for sure right so yeah everyone better struggle for victory this uh this season do it for me <laughs> um one of the risks is that uh you know the queens uh, don't have quite as robust stats as being workers um, compared to other people, with the exception of Kyle, who did a great job, apparently, whenever he was worker, um, and that's why he's number one draft. Uh, Tim, on the other hand, uh, didn't play as a worker even once. So actually, we, you know, the stats have no idea how good a worker Tim is and where to place him in the thing. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so that's a bit of a wild card, and we're going to see how that turns out this season. Mm-hmm. Um, and a related issue is that, of course, the secondary queen ratings are also relatively sparse. Not a lot of people played queen, except for the four people. Uh, so, you know, the taking those ratings into account is a little little hit and miss. You know, the data is not the highest quality it could be. Um, and I couldn't figure out how to split up Courtney and Victoria, who are way too strong together. Um, so I'm a little worried about that. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. So, Adam, looking at the changes you made, now... How do you think those are going to fix the issues that we saw with the previous algorithmic approach? Well, I mean, it's it's hard to say for sure if it will fix the issues. The issue is Mm -hmm. that one team was stronger than the other, Mm -hmm. and for reasons that can't be reflected in numbers. Uh, But we have done our best to to make this work, and I I think that's something we were all looking for when we reviewed these teams manually as well before before signing off on them. Like, does this look like uh, someone that's going to run away with it? Or is this an obvious? Is this an obvious Shaka situation that we've got? Right. Um, and I don't think we have any of those. Okay. Uh, and maybe maybe my you're right. Okay. Maybe and maybe my question is a little bit fair here. Like, I I didn't mean to imply that there was anything broken the first time. Uh, I guess my question is, do you feel that the that the changes that you've made are going to do a better job of bringing parity this season? Uh, absolutely, I do, with some uh, nod to the challenges I mentioned before about right. changing up the rules. Right, okay. What uh, do you think, Blake? I think that, that's going to be the major source of any, uh, any issues, I think. Okay. What do I think? Like, I think by the yeah. eye test, these teams look quite balanced. Uh, but I, I will add the caveat that I said this thing last time. So it's it's impossible to predict. We we're we're putting Adam in a no no win situation really, unless somehow we all all four teams end up tied at the end of the season. <laughs> Anything's possible in Stinger V League. True. Mm-hmm. All right. Anything more from uh, either of you that you'd like to say about this year's teams? season i've gone through everything i'm excited i think there's a lot of there's a lot of fun to have this i don't think there's any one team that looks like they are going to struggle and it also looks like i don't know just just good good interpersonal chemistry i mean i for one am very excited to see just just what happens you know it's so hard to predict exactly what is going to look just staring at names on a spreadsheet but there are some there are some definite 
potential storylines this season that will be uh, interesting to see unfold. Mm -hmm. I couldn't agree more. It's going to be exciting. And with that, that is the perfect segue to the predictions panel, which is, you know, well, we are the panel. Okay, here's how this is going to work. We're going to answer five simple questions. And then in the process, I am going to, well, let me, let me go off the questions first. So the five questions we're going, to, we're going to ask are, you know, pretty similar to anything that would be asked in any other sports podcast, I think, going into a new season. But, you know, the first and the most obvious one is which team is most likely to win the regular season? We won't even get to the playoffs just yet. That'll be somewhere down the road. Let's just worry about the regular season. Uh, second question is we're going to ask who will be this year's MVB, most valuable B. Third one is which team is most likely to find instant chemistry? You know, and we saw that with Shaka last year, for example, as Adam alluded to. And the, so the, it's important. It looks like the team that finds chemistry early on uh, gets that jump on everyone else. Fourth question, which team will have the best one-two queen punch? Uh, because as Adam alluded to, we are changing the format this year. We have, uh, we're going to have multiple queens in each match, uh, at least two, maybe even three, who knows? So, uh, but statistics being what they are, uh, you know, this is kind of a, you know, a first past the post situation, I, I feel, uh, or it's going to promote a two queen system rather than a three queen or four queen system. So which team will have the best one, two punch for queens? And lastly, we're going to ask the question of which team will be the most fun to play against. So the format is going to be this. I will lead off each question as, uh, you know, as, as, you know, someone making just, uh, I, I think, fairly, fairly simple and, and uh, obvious observations. Um, and I'm going to put it to you, Blake mm -hmm. and Adam. I'm going to put it to you then to, to challenge me on what I'm suggesting. Right. I, I want to, I want to, you know, at, at the very least, I, I want, I want to, uh, you know, put it to Blake uh, first to challenge me. And then Adam, you can be the tiebreaker uh, in this, if there, if there is a tie. <laughs> um, and, you know, you've got, you've got the numbers in front of you. Let's, uh, we want to hear what you, what you have to say uh, as well. Sound good? Sounds good. Yep. All right. Okay. Let's do this. So, Question one, which team is most likely to win the regular season? I am going to go with the Berryhole Dunkers for this one. And here's why. When I look at their team, I, I see that they have not just one or even two, but they have three players with solid queen experience in Ben, Comic Strapic, and, and Adam. Uh, and really, if you look at it last season, looking at uh, the kill to death ratio for queens, uh, Putting aside the three main queens, uh, of which uh, Ben was one, only Stefan finished ahead of that trio in terms of KDR. So they're not going to be hurting for queens. Second, Mike was the unquestionable berry king last season. He led in total berries. He led in berry to death ratio. He led in total dunks. He was second in berry swishes, but second to who? Adam, his teammate. So basically... This team has the potential to be uh, a real economic powerhouse, I feel. So if they want to establish themselves as an econ team, they will be an unstoppable force to be reckoned with. That's what I, what I see for this, uh, this season. I see Barry Hole Dunkers taking the regular season. And Blake, I dare you to, uh, to challenge me on that. 
Well, I will. But first of all, I have to say that those your your case about uh, an econ team uh, is is very um, it's kind of kind of watertight if they if they choose to go that way. And mm-hmm. I am uh, I'm happy that they chose a name that perhaps matches that. I think it's pretty cool. So hopefully that that goes that follows through. Mm-hmm. Now you want me to challenge you and tell you why you're wrong, or you want me to tell you why I think a different. I either or take your pick. All right. Well, I'm going to tell you why this season's champions be all the single laser. Okay. So in all the single lasers, I think that there's a very, very strong uh, potential for uh, a an unstoppable queen. Uh, you have Tim, who's a known ex queen. Victoria uh, is well. I don't know if it's a surprise to anyone, anymore, but she's actually a very queen to her other. In addition to her worker capabilities, Courtney as well. And Anthony dabbles as well. So you have you have a lot of choice. I think they'll probably settle into uh, some very great routines. But I think that the the main thing is that you know I don't I don't I don't need to pull the numbers on this. We've gone over them endlessly. Victoria's queen or Victoria's not queen. Her snail is unmatched, unparalleled, and as of yet unstoppable. I I don't think that many teams have ha- had any luck uh, really countering that. I mean that was kind of the engine that drove Shaka last year. And I think that the fact that she has Courtney, again, um, you know, we saw how effective that was last season. The fact that she has Courtney with her again, just, it's, I think it's just going to be too much. I think we're going to see that Shaka magic uh, recaptured by all the single lasers. Okay. Interesting theory, Blake. And, uh, you know, you're, you're, you're certainly right about Victoria. She doesn't just, you know, she, she, she doesn't just ride the snail, but she she stays alive she gets out of the way she you know she's very effective there so i you know if they go if they take that snailitary route then watch out i i guess i don't know but let's let's let adam you know be the the tiebreaker here i or or adam what do you think can you are you going to go with uh, my suggestion blake's suggestion or are you going to go off the board with one of your own well first i'd like to point out that if you wanted a way to pick the winning team uh, without much information. And you could do a lot worse than just picking whatever team Kyle's on because they have consistently performed very well for our three seasons so far. Well, that's why I picked the Barry Hole Dunkers. <laughs> not <laughs> other Kyle. Oh. Um, yeah, Bees Nuts is going to be a force this year, I believe. Okay. Um, but I think all the single lasers edges them out for me um, for all the reasons that Blake stated. You know, we have Tim... Accomplice Queen Tim and the Victoria Courtney uh, turnkey snailitary uh, combo right out the gate. Uh, they're going to do very well in the regular season for sure. All right. Adam and Blake go with all the single lasers. Okay. Let's move on to the next question then. Who will be this year's MVB? Now, anyone who's listened to the podcast the last few episodes, especially, well, especially when we were into uh, the tournament uh, episodes, uh, knows how big a fan I am of Stefan's play, uh, and I think statistically it, it's it's very evident why he's uh, primed to be a dominant player. So I, so here's why I'm going to I'm going to put forward Stefan as this year's MVB. For one, he was already a worker force to be reckoned with. As a as a worker, his kill to death ratio was fifty percent more than the second place. Uh, person who was, of course, season three MVB Victor, and you know we know that for military purposes, kill to death ratio is such an important stat. But as a worker, he was absolutely untouched. Now then, 
as a queen, you know, he had limited appearances, but as a queen, he showed have a very high kills per game, uh, high enough that it was actually in line with uh, all the other queens. Actually, I think high enough that it was uh, <laughs> that he finished ahead of the other queens. <laughs> um, so, but as a queen, he was also incredibly destructive and and unstoppable. When he, so the reason why I'm predicting, uh, if you can see where I'm going with this, as an MVB, I think he's going to, uh, I think he's already one of the best soldiers in the game, and I think he's about to become one of the best queens in the game. I feel like he was only held back uh, as a queen by his high deaths per game, but if he learns how to stay out of trouble more, and if he can pull his gate control up a bit, he was at about 40%, if he can get that above 50%, then I think he stands to be the top overall player this season uh, as both a, a worker, soldier, and a queen. That's my that's my suggestion. So I'm predicting Stefan for MVB. So Blake, <laughs> as, as well, Stefan's teammate, I love it. I absolutely love <laughs> everything you just said there. And okay. you know the the very last thing you were talking about his sort of uh, high his high deaths per game. That really you 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 struck the nail on the head there. That is such a hallmark of. Uh, someone who's transitioning from soldier to play because you just have to get used to that about how important it is to not die. But as soon as he, as soon as he rounds that corner, which I'm sure you're right, he's going to be a force to rock and roll. But mm-hmm. he is not my pick. He's not my pick in advance uh, for MVB. Okay. I am going to say that our good friend Ben Bardiff is going to be the MVB. I think that he is going to be a player that is going to very much benefit from the new queen rule. Uh, I think that being unshackled from queen duty is really going to let his utility shine. He has a lot to offer as a worker, and I think that that is really going to come to the forefront. I think that the teammates that he has uh, really complement his playstyle. So that's we've got Adam, Kyle, Mastravich, and Mike. I think that I think that it's going to be that's going to be a, a really great team, and I think that a part of that is just that they're going to have a lot of creativity. Now, of course. Because MVB is not simply based on stats in the vote, I think that there's also, again, to go back to the intangible, something else that's very important to note, and that's that Ben is he's a teammate. Uh, he's he's just kind of a good all-around dude. And, you know, as far as, you know, sportsmanship and stuff, which I think does uh, does help in, you know, get people on your side for a vote like that, which in some ways is a popularity contest. Not saying that that's, that's what it is entirely, but there is there is that element. And I think that Ben being such a good dude has a leg up. Uh, well, that's not fair because that's implying that other people are not good. But if you know Ben, you know what I'm talking. Anyways, I think that I think we're going to see Ben win that any crowns time around. Blake, have you know? I'm just thinking back. Have you ever known a time that Ben was not smiling and happy? Uh never. No. 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 Always. I, I can't think of anything. Face. Right. Right. I cannot. I cannot think a single time. So. Yeah, I mean, when you talk about uh, a likable person who's uh, you know going to uh measure up well in when he's being voted on by his peers that would definitely be ben okay you make you make a compelling argument there blake so again let's put it to adam are you going to are you going to side with uh with my vote of stefan are you going to go with blake's vote of ben or are you going to go off the board with this one adam um so my guess my best guess uh at mvb uh is courtney and not just because i'm married to her um (laughs) but i think that uh, as as Blake mentioned, you know, it's not just about stats for MBV. It's really, it's a vote from the league. So it's about name recognition. It's about marketing. And since our most recent tournament, 
uh, Courtney has had the most powerful slogans in the entire league. Uh, the People's Court, Court is in session, uh, you're in contempt of court, court is adjourned. <laughs> uh, we'll, we expect to see a lot of all of these uh, during this season. And I think that will keep her front of mind for a lot of people. That's a very good, uh, very good point. Okay, so Adam's vote is for Courtney on the power of marketing. Sure. Well, you, you, you would have an, it would be an open and shut case. The audience uh, had had a vote. Okay. All right. Let's move on to the next one then. Next question: Which team is most likely to find instant chemistry? I am going to suggest that this one is going to be all the single lasers, and here's why. Tim and Victoria played together not just in in season one, but also in season two. So they they had two full seasons together. Uh, then we've, as we've already discussed, Courtney and Victoria played together last season. So in terms of chemistry, there isn't so much a need to find instant chemistry. I think the chemistry is already there. And then the outlier on this is Anthony and. My feeling is that even though he hasn't played with either of them, if I recall correctly, uh, with any of his three teammates, the reality is that he just loves his new team name so much. And I kind of feel like (laughs) he is going to ride the endorphins and the feel-good vibes he's getting just from having that team name that I think he will just happily fit in wherever with the others all season long. No matter what role he's asked to take on, he's on all the single lasers and that's going to do it for him. And I, I think there's going to be a natural chemistry that comes out of him fitting in wherever he needs to. So that's my vote. All the single lasers. Over to you, Blake. Yeah, you make a good case, Kyle, but I am actually going to go with my own team. for uh, Snailed it for a number <laughs> of what I think are very... Number okay. one, we have a husband and wife pair on our team if they don't have chemistry already then there's a problem there. <laughs> and i you know i know them they do have chemistry. they're wonderful uh number two uh the three of us this husband and wife, crystal jeff and i we played together on a team season one so we have history there and then uh the the fourth person on our team is Stephen. and Stefan is a great guy uh nobody has any problems with getting along with him as far as chemistry goes but more importantly we know exactly what to expect to step as far as play goes. So it's not like we are going to have an adjustment period where we're like, oh, how's Stefan going to play? Is he going to go for fairies or is he going to, you know, ride the snail? No, Stefan is uh, incredibly good, but he is also at this point, I would say, I don't think he would argue with me if I would say his game is rather one dimensional. And in as far as chemistry goes, that's that's great. It's very, it's very important that we know that and we are comfortable with that and, and we look forward to that. So I think that, I think that all around we have built-in chemistry. Okay. All right. Interesting suggestion. Interesting. All right. So Adam, it's over to you. We've, you've got all the single lasers in one corner. You've got snailed it in the other corner. What's, uh, what's your judgment? I got to give it to all the single lasers. Yes. Uh, you know, you mentioned that Court <laughs> and Victoria played together last season. Yep. Um, but they also played together the season before on Tim's team, where they came in second. Oh. Uh, so you know, there's there's a lot of history there. We know that these players are all very capable. Um, and yeah, I think I think they'll just they'll just fall into a groove. Uh, you know, just just like Shaka before them, Shaka to Electric Boogaloo. Okay. Not to, not to put them in a box. Prove me wrong. All the single lasers. <laughs> all right. Well, we will we will have to wait and see. All right. So all the single lasers takes it uh, for 
most likely to find instant team chemistry. All right, let's look at the uh, the one-two punch. Which team will have the best one-two punch for queens? I am going to suggest that it is going to be snailed it, and I'm not sure how I can argue a- anything else here based on what I've said about Stefan and his potential for being a queen. And I mean, maybe the podcast effect is going to come into play here, and they won't even use Stefan as a queen. But I, I don't see how they could get away from uh, from it because he's you know, made such a compelling case to be a good queen already. So, you know, Blake, of course, I, I, I think is the top queen, you know, pretty much season in, season out, uh, since we since Stinger B League started. Uh so you take you take, you know, your your arguably top queen in, in Blake already, and then you add uh, an, another great uh queen in Stefan. <sighs> How are you going to have a better combination than that? I, I don't think so. So I think Snailed It is going to take it for the best one-two queen punch. Uh, how are you going to top that, Blake? Well, I'm going to top that by uh, going versatile. Uh, so the team that I'm going to predict is going to be Barry Hole Dunker. And I don't mm. think it's going to be right away. Because what I think that Barry Hole Dunkers has over the other team's maximum versatility of queen play, because all four, well, at least three of their four players have played queen and are comfortable. That's Adam, that's Ben, Kyle Mistravic, and a fourth player who I I think would likely be a good if you want to do that cheese hearts. So what I expect is going to happen is that we're going to see them play around with that a lot and, and experiment and find the, the pairing that, that works for them. I think many of the other teams, it's easy to look at their roster and say, oh yeah, it's going to be player X, player Y, not without a doubt, right? This is a team where I don't think you can say that when you look at a team or that they, or that they may never even settle into to a, a set A, B. I mean, they may, they, because they essentially have A, B, C things right now. And Right. And possibly A, B, C, D. So that versatility, which will allow them to to experiment a bit and find their best one-two punch, I think is what is set apart. Hmm. Okay, interesting. I I thought I thought I gave you an argument that you uh, that you couldn't resist by uh, showering showering you with praise uh, for your own uh, queenmanship, uh, Blake. But... I do appreciate it, but I I just can't. No, it, it, the numbers say that you're the best queen in the league, Kyle. And you know the numbers don't really lie. I don't. Think. Yeah, especially the victory numbers. So I well, feel like you're you're pandering, perhaps. And <laughs> I saw right through that. Somebody is going to have to show me these magical numbers that that say that about my my queen play because I I'm not sure I'm buying it. But uh, that will that will save that for another episode, perhaps. Uh, but okay, Blake, if you uh, if you think you know, I did I did challenge you to uh, to you know. I did challenge you to challenge my suggestions, and you've done just that. And that's versatility. Yeah, that's yeah, best one-two punch. And I, I guess if you've got the best one-two-three-four punch, then you might have a chance of having the best one-two punch as well. So okay, all right. We'll 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 see how that plays out. But Adam, to the for the tiebreaker, you have snailed it in one corner, Barry Hole Dunkers in the other. What are you going to go with? I I gotta go with snailed it. Like Stefan has been such a consistent force uh, as long as he's been in the league, um, and with him as the, I guess we've already assumed he's going to be the queen. Eh? Uh, if he is the the queen that Snail goes for, then I think that's going to be a force to be reckoned with. You know, we know what they say about bringing four punches to a two punch fight. <laughs> what do they say about that? Is that Stefan is a better queen than either? Of <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, let's let's go on to the last question. 
Which team will be the most fun to play against? Okay, I am going to suggest uh, for this one, my own team, the Bees Nuts. And I'm saying this not because I think we won't be difficult to play against, because I think the team that's difficult to play against is not often the the most fun team to play against. I I don't know. What what did you what did you two think playing against Shaka last year? Was it was it fun to play against Shaka? It wasn't not sometimes not fun. It was, but it could it was often frustrating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and 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 my point exactly is that that you know. The the team that's really dominating is frustrating to play against, and it's not fun to be frustrated. So you know, so while I'm not trying to say we, I, I'm not trying to say we won't be difficult to play against. I think uh, we'll we'll be challenging. We will have the reigning MVB and Victor. We've got Big Laser Gary and uh, Dylan. You know, we've talked a lot about uh, Victoria Snail ability, and of course, we know Kyle McStravick is uh, up there as well. But right behind uh, Kyle is uh, Dylan third place in snail miles last season. So we've got a lot of skill on our team. But, you know, I, I think that we are all swell people. I think we're all good sports. And, you know, I I don't think that we would have uh, been anyone's anyone's first or even second place uh, suggestion for the team with instant chemistry because none of us have played together before, I, I think. Uh, so I think we're going to be taking some time to gel and we're going to try some new things and some interesting tactics along the way. And I think that should make us, uh, fun to play against, uh, if not at least fun to watch. So bees nuts for most fun to play against Blake over to you. Yeah, you make a good case there, Kyle. And there's, there's probably no wrong answer in this group of four teams. These are all great people. I mean, that's, that's part of what is so fun. But I am, I had to pick, so I have gone with all the single. What we have here is just fun, funny people who are out for a good time. Uh, there's lots of chemistry, sort of interpersonal chemistry. I, like that, and this chemistry I'm not necessarily referring to uh, in the game. I'm talking about Adam and Courtney are good friends. Uh, sorry, I mean, well, uh, I'm sorry, I think I said Adam. We're and very Courtney. good friends, you could say. <laughs> <laughs> what I meant to say was Anthony and Victoria are very good friends in Meet Space. Oh, two, two entirely different people. Yes, two entirely different people who are also very good friends, but are on the team that I'm talking about. Oh, Courtney is, but you're not. So, yeah, just great people. Um, Tim and Victoria have really hit it off in the last, you know, over the course of, of this league. Uh, Courtney is a riot. She's probably one of the funniest people in the league. So you put all that together on a team, and I think they're going to be a blast to play. All right. Okay. Adam, over to you. We've got bees nuts in one corner, all the single lasers. Are you going to go with one of those two, or are you going to go off the board with one of your own? So you guys have kind of talked about how how fun and funny uh, the people on these teams are. And I don't think that's really fair, because this is true for all of the teams in this league, because everyone here is just swell. Um, I think what's fun to play against is variety. And on that basis, i got to give it to bees nuts, because I have no idea what your guys' plan is going to be this season. <laughs> Uh, and I'm so excited to see it, and it's just going to be, I think, uh, fun fun to watch you guys form a uh, form a strategy, or maybe more than one. You have no idea what Beesnuts' plan is this season. The question you should be asking, Adam, is does Beesnuts know what Beesnuts' plans are this season? Uh, hopefully not, because we haven't <laughs> we haven't come up with anything. <laughs> okay, so quick summary: uh, team most likely to ring this uh, win the regular season. Kyle says Barry Hole Dunkers. Blake says all the single lasers. Adam goes with all the single lasers. Who will be this year's MVB? Kyle says Stefan. Blake says Ben. Adam goes off the board with Courtney. 
Which team is most likely to find instant chemistry? Kyle goes with all the single lasers. Blake goes with snails it. And Adam sides with Kyle on all the single lasers. Which team will have the best one-two punch? Kyle goes with snail it. Blake goes with berry hole dunkers. Adam goes with snailed it. And last, which team will be the most fun to play against? Kyle goes with bees nuts. Blake goes with all the single lasers. And Adam goes with bees nuts. The one thing that I'm wondering is, uh, is the podcast effect going to be a factor here if everyone plays this? And I'm thinking, you know, it, you know, Stefan, if he listens to this podcast and hears all these things about how he's going to make a great queen and we know that he's got this really solid soldier approach, is he going to rebel against that and say, no, I want to, I want to do berries this season and just berries? What do you think? I'm, uh, I'm counting on it. <laughs> What do you think, Blake? Podcast effect? Yeah, I think that it's definitely, it could definitely be a factor. I think that'd be really, really fun if it is. Mm-hmm. It only ensures that there will be that much more chaos, I suppose. That's right. Mm-hmm. Okay, so with that in mind, those are our predictions. And let's uh, commit to coming back to those as we uh, get to the end of the regular season or maybe... Uh, when it ends, or maybe we'll even do a mid-season check-in. I, I don't know. It's a, it's a shorter regular season this season than last season, right, Blake? That's correct. Okay, so maybe we'll come back and review our predictions uh, at the end of the regular season then. Sound good? Sounds good. Okay. So with that in mind, uh, now the season is about to start, and we're going to go back to our regular weekly format in which we talk about uh, the previous game, uh, the previous night's games. Uh, well, uh, this ah, where we will talk about this week's games. We'll preview next week's games and then we'll go on to our topic. But uh, let's let's you know, we haven't started yet, but let's uh, we're about to. So let's preview those week one matchups, Blake. What are they? <laughs> so uh, full disclosure, I haven't made a schedule yet. So that allows us to do something really fun and draw the first matchups live on air here. And then I'll build the rest of the space. You on mean that. you're, you're going to do it right now? Going to do it right now. Okay. I'm going to roll, roll uh, die 20s for each team. Uh, the two highest numbers will be matched up in the first this... matchup and the other two. Okay. This is exciting. Oh, I, I, I wasn't expecting this. Okay. I've just rolled the first die 20 for all the single layers. I'm doing alphabetic. All yep. the single layers, lasers got a seven. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next team would be these nuts. These nuts rolling. These nuts got a five. These nuts gets a five. Berry hole dunkers, a thirteen. Mm-hmm. And finally, snailed it with a twelve. Okay, so that means that we are going to see snailed it versus B. No, versus berry hole dunkers. Yep. And all the single lasers versus these nuts. Okay. So let's start with uh, let's start with bees nuts and all the single lasers. Then, uh, what you know, we we haven't had a lot of chance to you know we, there aren't any statistics yet, but we know who are who's on these teams uh, on all the single lasers. We've got uh, Anthony, Courtney, Tim, Victoria on bees nuts. We've got Dylan, Gary, myself, and Victor. What do you think the keys for the game for uh, for these uh, two teams are going to be? Well. For all the single lasers, I think it's going to be finding that magic, notably that that Victoria Courtney magic. I don't think that that's going to be uh, hard for them to draw on. So that's that. I think the the underdog in this matchup will be nuts. Uh, mm-hmm. Not not you know if we were to talk about this the next time around, I don't think that's the case. But as as Adam was kind of saying, they're they have a less clear 
tactical identity, just looking at the at the players. So I think their challenge is going to be to to find that quickly, find what they're going to do. Now, uh, they do have the advantage that, of course, you, Kyle Murray, are on the team and you were the queen on, on the Shaka team. Uh, Victoria and Courtney found that magic. So you will have some idea, I assume, of how to do that. Yeah, so it's it's going to be really interesting to see. It's going to be really interesting to see if all the single lasers can get off to that early start that a lot of us are, are kind of thinking they might have. Good thinking on your feet here, Blake. Well done. Let's uh, put the same question to you for Berry Hole Dunkers versus uh, Snailed It. What do you suppose is going to be the keys to the success there? Well, uh, this is this is a tantalizing match, and it's a it. I, I really just can't wait to see Barry Hall bunkers in action and see if they really do a strong econ um, mm-hmm. econ path because that would be very exciting and something really quite uh, alien to our league, uh, not to Killer Queen in general, as to our league. So that will be very exciting. With Snailed It, I am excited to see what their queen rotation looks like the first time out. Of course, I have some thoughts on that, but team sport and we'll leave with the other people on the team uh, have to say so yeah i i i predict that we're going to see the barry hall bunkers try that that very strategy early uh and then whether or not it works out for them right off the hop might determine how into it they are going forward all right okay well blake i think with that that brings our season four preview episode to a close but before we lead out i think we should uh first we should thank uh we should thank adam adam thank you for being with us and you know uh, it's always great to have you on the show adam and we have a very special gift for you for being on the show this week which is our eternal thanks yes thank you kyle i'm sorry thank you adam and and thank you for being a good sport about our our good natured ribbing (laughs) thank you guys very much It's it's been fun (laughs) <laughs> it all it always is uh okay blake how about next week's topic what are we going to do with that oh it's a fun one we are going to do second ever blake's bag episode so it is a it's a mailbag episode so everybody get your questions ready and send them in to the blake's all bag right. channel on the discord all right fantastic we'll be looking forward to it let's there were some real creative questions last time around we'll, we'll see how they go this time okay with that in mind uh we're gonna sign off uh my name is kyle and i'm blake thank you everybody for listening in and we'll see you next week for the next episode of the buzzcast bye bye the Buzzcast is a non-commercial podcast and has no official affiliation with Killer Queen Black, its publishers, distributors, or developers. The Buzzcast theme song is Beasting by the band Low Doses and is used under the Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives 4.0 International License.